2 Samuel chapter 23. Beginning in verse 1. Now these are the last words of David. Thus says David, the son of Jesse, Thus says the man raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel. The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and his word was on my tongue. The God of Israel said, The Rock of Israel spoke to me. He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be like the light of the morning when the sun rises, a morning without clouds, like the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. These are the last words of David, the famous Old Testament prophet, king of Israel. Killed the giant, Goliath, man of faith, man of God. And these are his last words. And he speaks about, he says, God spoke to me, and this is what he said. He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. You know, <clears throat> this speaks to, you know, people who are in authority of any kind. You know, the father's in a home, leader of a home, the mothers, teachers of the children, and raising children up to be leaders, not to be followers of men, but leaders. That they must be just, ruling in the fear of God, be like the light in the morning when the sun rises. And this is a message about how we should live, living in the fear of God. And so, today, we say, well, this is the final message of David. God spoke through him. In times past, it says in Hebrews, that God spoke to the prophets of Israel. But in these last times, he has spoken to us through his Son. The first covenant, God spoke to the prophets. In the New Testament, in the New Covenant, given through the blood of God's Son, he spoke to us through his Son. And so then from there, I'm going to go to 1 John chapter 5. Beginning in verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him, lo begot, who begot, also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God 
and we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Here we're talking about overcoming the world. Why do we need to overcome the world? What's wrong with the world? Well, last week we studied into that a little bit. When we read about Jesus, it says that Jesus didn't need anybody to tell him about man. Because he knew what was in man. And naturally what was in man is a certain rebellion against God that lives itself out in so many different ways. Corruption. And we can see that very clearly in the world we live in. And we see it in ourselves. It's not when we live according to our own standards. When I was in public school, they told me They taught me what was called situational ethics. Whatever I thought was right and wrong, well, that was right and wrong. But then there's another standard, and it's a standard not of man. It's God's standard. And it says, for this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. I have talked to many a person, we say, well, you can become a Christian, you've got to do all this stuff. You know, I don't want to do all that stuff, you know, that's too stringent for me, I want to do my own thing. Well, that, again, we want to do what we, nat- we, want to do what we think, naturally, as opposed to what God says. But then there's this revelation from God. In the chapter before that, it says, and this is love, verse 10, verse John chapter 4, and this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a payment or a substitute for our sins. Verse 16, it says, and we know, have known and believe the the love that God has for us. We believe that God loves us. And it says, That we love him because he first loved us. He gave himself for us. Jesus came and laid down his life for us. To pay for our sins. To make us acceptable to the Father. And through faith, we can be accepted by God. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Not just confesses it, but believes it in their heart. There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of stuff going on. In the world and in Christendom. But Jesus said every tree is known by his fruit. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? We are told that all that is in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And these are of the world and they are not from God. And that's why it says we must overcome them. And we overcome them. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? 
believing it in our hearts. We continue in verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. This is in 1 John 5, just read 9, now verse 10. He who believes in the Son of God has this witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of His Son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. It's in His Son and no other. Jesus said in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, He was asked by Thomas, Lord, show us the way. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life, and no man comes to the Father except by me. One way to eternal life is through Jesus. As Peter said, there is no name under heaven, no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. The narrow way Jesus talked about that leads to eternal life, the Son of God. And he says, very stern, very clear words. He says, if we believe this message, we have this witness in ourselves. A changed life, it changes us. Believing these things in our heart changes us. And that's why it says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. In the Gospel of John, chapter 3, Jesus talks about being born of water and of the Spirit. Being born of the Spirit. So, he says, who, we are born of God through faith in Jesus. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. But it says if we don't believe this message, we're calling God a liar. Because we don't believe this message, that God, this testimony that God has given concerning His Son. And this is that witness. This is that testimony. This is the record that God has given us. That God has granted eternal life. And this life is only one way. Through His Son. He who has the Son has life. Verse 12. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. You notice the present tense of these words. He who has the Son, present tense, has life. He who does not have, present tense, the Son of God, does not have life. I have written these things to you, that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the message. There's many people who profess they know Jesus but don't know that they have eternal life. It's not settled with them. They're not sure. They're not sure whether God will accept them. But yet here, there's a message of assurance. 
that you have eternal life. Not will have it. That you have it. Present tense as well as future tense. The kingdom of God can be within us. It begins within us through faith in Christ. Being born of the Spirit. Unless a man is born again, Jesus said, you, may not, you, cannot enter the, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Present tense. You can't see it unless you're born of the Spirit. Well, how am I born of the Spirit? It says it right here. Believing the message that God gave concerning His Son. Believing it in our heart. And this is not my message. This is the message of the Holy Scriptures. This is the message of God. And it is our decision whether to believe it or not. And in the world we live in, there's many other messages, and there's many other spirits. And St. John in chapter 4 says this in verse 1, Brothers, do not believe every spirit, but to test the spirits, whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. But every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is already in the world. So John makes it very clear how we can discern a spirit that's from God and a spirit that's not from God. An angel that is from God, an angel that's not from God. So we've come to understand that many angels were rebelled against God with Lucifer, who's now called Satan, the devil. Test the spirits whether they are from God. There is a lot of supernatural things that are going on in this world, but not all of them are from God. There's people who have spirits. Some are from God, some are not from God. Supernatural power, supernatural spirits, but not all of them are from God. He says we must test them to see whether they're from God. He tells us how to test them. So they confess that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ, that he has come in the flesh and he is God. If they don't, he says they're not from God and we can discern that. He says, there's many false prophets that have gone out to the world. And then they're under the, they're under the influence of evil spirits. He continues in verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. When we're born of the Spirit, the Spirit of God lives in us. Not the spirit of the world. Not a spirit that doesn't believe the message of God. They may say they're, they're from God. But they must confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and is of God. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God 
does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The Apostle John gives us very clear discernment here about what's in the world and what's of God and what isn't. The test is whether they listen to the Jesus and the Apostles, whether they believe this message, whether they hear, we are of God, he who knows God hears us. He who is not of God will not listen to us. They have another message, or a mixed message, a strange message. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. This is how we can be discerning as a Christian. To know what's from God and what isn't from God. What is from God will line up with this. They will hear these, this message, and listen to these brethren, and listen to Jesus Christ, Son of God. God isn't confused. I know a relative who told me that there are many paths to God. There's all these different paths to God, really? If that's the truth, then we have to conclude that God is very confused. Because they're saying all these different contradicting things. How could they all be leading to the same place if they're contradicting each other? The Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. His message is not a mixed, confusing message. And by the Spirit of God, we can have discernment. And here we hear, we hear, and this is why we value the Holy Scriptures, because they are influenced by God. They are, they are inspired by God. And we can know by hearing Jesus and the Apostles, we can have the discernment between the Spirit of Truth and the Spirit of Error, so we're not walking around being blown around by every wind of teaching and every wind of doctrine. But we have a solid foundation in the Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching of Jesus and the apostles in the gospel and the message of, of the New Testament. Go back to uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. We know that we are of God, or he says it again, and the whole world lies under the sway or the influence of the wicked one, the devil, Satan. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. The true God and eternal life in His Son, Jesus. God has come to give us understanding through His Son. His Son is, the Son of God came 
to give us understanding that we may know God, Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true. There's the word true and truth. And His Son, Jesus Christ. This is, there's the word true again, the true God and eternal life. There's a lot of false messages. There are many false prophets that have come into the world. And we read a few weeks ago, it says that they disguise themselves as angels of light, the ministers of the enemy. This is the true God and the true eternal life. We can have great encouragement as a Christian to know that we have eternal life. We have it. And that we are of God. And we don't have to be under the influence of the evil one. And the whole world, those who are not in Christ, those who are not born of God, to one degree or another, they're under his influence. And if we leave God, we are Christians, if we leave God and walk in the flesh, we can easily come under his influence again. That explains all the, you know, the, the confusion in Christendom. The Apostle Paul says, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the deeds of the flesh, the human nature. And when he says walk in the Spirit, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And that's where discernment comes in. Because many sp other spirits have gone out into the world, and not, many are not from God. Some are, some aren't. The Bible talks about angels who have been sent forth to, to serve those who will inherit eternal life. But then it talks about other angels who are there to influence us not in the way of God, but in the way of the world, the way of corruption. And it is up to us to make a decision about these things and of faith. And faith means surrender. You know, when we come to believe this, we surrender to it. We believe that Jesus is Christ and is Lord. We surrender to that. And Jesus said, why do you call me Lord? And don't do the things that I tell you to do. And people say, oh, there's all this Christian stuff I have to do. And, you know, all you Christian people, you got to do. I hear this all the time. You know, you got it's all these do's and don'ts. When you love someone, it's easy to serve them. Jesus said in Matthew, in chapter 11, I believe it's verse 27, Matthew 11, 27. See if my memory is there. Yeah, it is. Jesus speaking here. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are labor. And they're heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, 
For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. All the people who think that serving the Lord is too heavy a burden don't have understanding, they're in ignorance. His, bur his yoke is easy and his burden is light. If we come to understand and believe his love for us, like John said, we have, we know, have known and come to believe the love that God has for us. When, when you know that someone loves you, and has your best interests in mind, and is guiding you and shepherding you as the good shepherd, makes you look at what he tells you to follow, is for our good. And it's not a burden. It's life. It's guidance. God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. How to get through life, and have peace in our hearts, and have guidance, and have deliverance, and have a clear conscience, and to be delivered from the fear of death, and the fear of life. In Hebrews chapter 2, it talks about people being bondage to the devil all the days of their life through the fear of death. Through the fear of death. It's inherent in natural man. The fear of death is a heavy burden. And if you're burdened by all the things of life, Jesus rolls out the invitation. Come to me. Come to me, all you who are burdened and heavily laden and working and struggling and working at life. He says, and there's a rest for you. There is a rest for the people of God. And that those who have faith as they have faith, they enter that rest. And trust me, and anyone who has the experience knows this, when you leave that trust, that rest begins to fly away. And there's turmoil and there's no peace in our hearts when we leave faith and surrender. Surrender to the Lord of the universe. Because He's smarter than us. And He knows the way. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Jesus said, I have come to give you life, and that more abundantly. And if we believe this message, but we're struggling today, we're not experiencing abundant life, we have to backtrack. Where have I veered away? It's right here. We have to come back to him. And learn from him, he says. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What is a yoke? That's an old word. It's not used too much anymore. Yoke is what they put on an ox. They put on a horse to pull a plow. They put on a slave when they were trapped going from place to place. You know, all this, this harness with chains and all this other stuff. It represents servanthood. Serving accepting his lordship and he doesn't say i'm going to put it on you he says you do it put my yoke upon you this is a decision we have to make and learn from me for i am meek 
and lowly in heart. Learn from Him. Surrender. Humble ourselves and say, I need guidance in life. I need your help. I need your forgiveness. I need a clear conscience. I need to get control of myself. I need power over my life. I don't like the way I'm living. I need to be cleansed in my conscience. Come to me, Jesus says. I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what to do when I grow up. I don't know what to do with my future. I don't know who I'm going to marry. How do I get control of myself and things that are wrong in my life? Here's the answer. Come to me, Jesus said. Come to Jesus. And he says, he will give you rest from your heavy burdens. From all the confusion and the heavy labor of life. And he says that my burden, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You think it's hard to serve Jesus? It's harder not to. How do I know? I'm speaking for myself. There are many other testimonies in this room. Because I've been on both sides of it. I've been on the other side in the black darkness. And under the influence of the evil one. And how it led to ruin. And when I humbled myself and cried out to any God out there, that he directed me to him and to the message of the gospel and to his son. Now I'm on the other side. I was transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son, as Paul said. And many of us have experienced that. Eternal life in Jesus Christ. And some of the things he tells us to do go against our natural self. It's a lot better than continuing in our old way of life and the burden and the heavy burden being heavily laden and laboring in the darkness of this world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not be in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus said, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And he said that, and it says right after that, he said these things concerning the Holy Spirit. They would give to those who afterwards would believe in him. Holy Spirit given to those who believe in him. Come to me, learn from me, Jesus says. There is an appeal in this world of all kinds, all kinds of philosophies, all kinds of religions. But the Apostle Paul says this, 
we appeal to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And that's what it is. The message of the gospel appeals to something in the inner man, which is different than any other religion or philosophy. And so this appeal goes out. The appeal to every, everyone's conscience. To believe on Him, to follow on Him, and to continue in Him. And not go back and be bound once again with the yoke of bondage. brothers have any comments on this before we close? Justin, if you could close us with a word of prayer.